When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is up, guys? Welcome to another episode of Wrestling World. As always, I am your host, Austin Boyer. And before we get down to anything, before we talk about anything in pro wrestling, I want to thank you all for your support. And I want to thank you all for listening. When I first started this podcast, I did not think I'd get this far. But now I'm at 2.4K total plays. The journey has been amazing, and I have so much more to come in the near future. And it's just been great, and I want to thank you all for listening. I appreciate your support, and I hope you'll listen to more episodes in the near future. Because I have so much more planned for this podcast. I plan on getting some guests in here soon. I do have a few people lined up, too guest on my show different topics of pro wrestling but we'll see where it goes we'll see what happens I'm also trying to get some other people lined up to be on my podcast but we'll see what happens but but like I said I want to thank you all for listening the support has been amazing I can't thank you all enough for, for listening and showing your support but now Let's talk about some wrestling. AEW Revolution is now past. Now there's a lot of mixed reviews about this pay-per-view because of what transpired this Sunday. In my honest opinion, it was an okay show up until the main event which was a dud and I'm not only saying that because the main event wasn't well but because it was an actual dud (laughs) in the main event we saw John Moxley versus the AEW world champion Kenny Omega now the main event itself wasn't that great I didn't expect much from this match. I expected it to be a dud. I expected it to be bad. And for the most part, it was. The so-called exploding barbed wire that was supposed to be the focal point in this match was a complete joke. You can clearly see that when the opponent would touch the barbed wire and when the barbed wire would go off, the explosion was nowhere near them. Why? Because you can clearly see on your TV screen that it was the pyro going off. Which, 
obviously, you know, in a match, like a barbed wire explosion match, this is expected. But if AEW would have done a better job at hiding the pyro or doing something to make this look legit and believable, I think it would have been better off. Now the ending to the match was horrible, but that's why I say the match itself wasn't great because you could clearly see that whenever Kenny Omega or John Moxley would hit the barbed wire, you can clearly see the pyro was going off and it was the, the explosion was nowhere near them. I mean, everybody talks about the ending to this match, but I rarely am hearing people talk about the whole match itself, which I thought was a complete waste of time. I would rather see these two guys in a singles match than what we saw Sunday night. Now the ending to this match, oh boy, let me tell you, it was, it was bad. The ending was John Moxley laying in the ring with, with Eddie Kingston covering him with a clock counting down to an explosion. Now I'm not calling this match a dud for no reason. I'm saying that because it was an actual dud. So apparently there was a explosion supposed to go off and it was supposed to be some big explosion but for whatever reason there was a malfunction and that didn't happen and it was all you saw was the pyros go off in the corners. That's it. And then you saw Eddie Kingston laying there as if he was seriously injured. Now, you can't blame John Moxley, Kenny Omega, or Eddie Kingston for what happened at the end. Or even how this match was so bad. Honestly, I blame the booking, creative, or whoever that put this match together. But I honestly feel bad for Kenny Omega, Eddie Kingston, and John Moxley. Because not only was this match bad to start out with, but the fact that the ending of the match was so bad and they had to sell it as if it was believable. As if the explosion at the end was legit and they were actually injured. Kenny Omega specific, well not Kenny Omega, but Eddie Kingston specifically had to make it look like he was legit injured. When you can clearly see that the pyro had melt malfunctioned and it was nowhere near them. 
So I feel sorry for Eddie Kingston to have to be a part of that whole segment. To be a part of that whole ending of the match because it was a total embarrassment for him, John Moxley, and Omega. Now apparently, according to what I've read, they had tested this explosion before the match started and it had worked but for whatever reason this time it didn't I don't know but there's nobody to blame here but the, the booking for booking this match and Tony Khan honestly for letting this match even happen I don't blame Kenny Omega, Moxley, or Eddie Kingston. If anything, I feel sorry for them to have to take part in something like this. And I feel sorry for the commentators, Jim Ross, especially somebody like Jim Ross, who has to sit there and make this Look as, look as if it actually happened to sit there and commentate and pretend like these guys are actually injured because the wrestlers knew it, was knew it was an embarrassment the commentators knew it was an embarrassment and the fans I feel sorry for the fans that had to pay their money to watch that ending when they hyped this match up for so long and it ended up being so bad. Who's to blame? Tony Khan. If you're going to blame anybody, blame him. Blame him for putting this match on. Now, can they recover from this? Absolutely. But, I honestly, like I said, I feel sorry for the people involved. Because this was a joke. AEW has done some dumb stuff. With their booking, with their creative, with, with their talent. But this, this might have topped it all. This might be the icing on the cake. I mean, I even heard... John Moxley cut a promo after the match about how embarrassed he was. Because he knew just as well as anybody else how bad it was. I also heard that Kenny Omega was pretty upset. Who could blame him? I would be too. I would be embarrassed for the company. I feel sorry for the fans that had to pay their money to get in the building. Especially at a time like this when some pro wrestling promotions, companies, or whatever, they're not letting people in the building to begin with because of this virus. And the one wrestling event that they get to go to after a year of corona going on 
the one event they get to go to is a complete waste of time. It's a complete waste of time. It's a complete waste of money. And you can put that all on Mr. Khan, Mr. Tony Khan. But like I said, can they recover from this? Absolutely. Why? Because yes, the main event was so bad, but AEW did get something out of this. They did get something out of the show. They had an AEW signing of a big name. Can you guess who it is? It's none other than Mr. Captain Charisma himself, Christian Cage. Yes, I said it, Christian Cage. He is now a member of All Elite Wrestling. This is a big name, right? A big name for AEW signing the dotted line. Now, I wish I could say I'm surprised, but I'm not. Because... Christian signing was no surprise. And AEW could have done a better job of keeping that a surprise. But it is what it is. Christian had said, or it was reported that he is a free agent a week prior to signing with AEW. A couple of days before signing with AEW, they said he was a free agent. And there were reports going around that he could have he could possibly sign with AEW. So when it was announced that Paul White had a Hall of Famer joining AEW, the reports on social media and everything just gave it away that it was Christian Cage. So that's why I say it's no surprise that he signed with AEW because social media gave it away. Now will this benefit AEW? Of course. This benefits them tremendously because not only do they have Christian Cage but they also have the big show Paul White and Sting. But this was also in a letdown for WWE fans who just received, just seen the return of Edge and were probably hoping for a Edge and Christian tag team at some point. When Christian first said a couple months ago that he would like to get back in the ring Everybody assumed that he would stay with WWE. So this may have been a shocker to some when he did sign with AEW. But if you pay attention to the programming like I do, and you read the reports, it comes as no surprise. That's why I said it would have been a, a much bigger surprise if AEW would have just said, would have just kept it hidden the whole time like they did with Paul White and Sting because Paul White and Sting 
their debuts were a surprise. Nobody expected Sting to go to AEW. Nobody sure as hell didn't expect Big Show to go to AEW, but it happened. And it shocked everybody. But what can you do? All I can say is social media sucks, right? But things happen. But yes, this benefits AEW because they now have Paul White, Sting, and Christian Cage. And some of you are probably asking, well, why is he going under Christian Cage instead of Christian? To avoid a lawsuit, probably. I mean, undoubtedly, right? For those of you who don't know, he went under Christian Cage and TNA Wrestling. And I believe that his theme in AEW, his theme song, is actually his old theme from TNA itself. From what I've read and what I've heard. But yes, this is a big thing for AEW because they now have three big names in their company. Now, will Christian wrestle? I'm assuming so. But I assume he is also there to put over talent and not steal the spotlight. Because let's be honest, Christian's days are kind of numbered in pro wrestling. He has far more years behind him than he does ahead of him. So he's there to put over some new talent as he should because in pro wrestling that's called giving back to the business there are a lot of possibilities for Christian in AEW a lot of feuds he can get involved with you know there's Chris Jericho who was in WWE He's, he had a, a little bit of a feud with Christian in WWE I believe they had a match at Wrestlemania you know a few years back I mean years ago this is years ago but they, they did have a match so it would be nice to see them reunite that feud he can get involved with the inner circle he can turn heel they can do whatever they want with it they can, they can do anything at this point AEW has the upper hand right now for some WWE fans like I said this is the letdown but it comes as no surprise. But honestly, I'm excited for it. This is a new start for Christian. If he gets back in the ring, I hope he does well. It'll be the first time we see him in the ring in years. It'll be interesting to see how he copes with the new talent, how well he works with you know the, the new heels and the new baby faces and what role he'll play in the company. Like I said, I assume he's there to put guys over, but who knows? He can always be a trainer, a producer, whatever. But like I said, I assume he's there to wrestle, so we'll see what happens. We'll see what he does when he gets in the ring. But I'm excited for it, man. This is, this is big. This is big for AEW. This is big for wrestling fans. Even though I would have liked to see that reunion with uh, Edge and Christian as a tag team. But I gotta say, it's pretty cool. 
to see Christian do his own thing, go out there and perform. Especially under his old name, Christian Cage. It's been a long time since we heard that name. He had success in TNA. He was a world champion in TNA. Honestly, I believe he had a better singles career in TNA than he did in WWE. I'm probably not the only one that agrees with that either. He had a lot of success in TNA. So we'll see what happens in AEW. Because there is so much we could see from AEW coming soon. Speaking of AEW, Cody Rhodes, the nightmare, Cody Rhodes, is on social media saying that AEW has beat NXT in ratings. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I feel as if AEW... Every chance they get, they talk about WWE. And WWE being the better company that they are, they've stayed silent. It seems as if AEW can't keep WWE out of their mouth, especially Cody Rhodes, guys like him. Ever since AEW started, we have seen them talk and talk constantly. about WWE and about their bad booking, their bad creative. But for Cody to say they beat NXT in ratings. Okay, yes, you beat NXT in ratings. But who cares? Because Raw and SmackDown, WWE still has Raw and SmackDown, and Raw and SmackDown are getting ratings. I believe SmackDown is actually pulling the big numbers and ratings right now as we speak. So I would like to see NXT. I would like to see AEW move over to Friday nights and, and fight for ratings. Then do a little SmackDown versus AEW instead of AEW versus NXT. Now, I don't know much about the ratings for NXT. I know it was a little bit of a back and forth between AEW and NXT there for a little bit. AEW had gained the upper hand. But, like I said, that doesn't matter because WWE, they still have Rollins SmackDown. So for Cody to, to bash WWE every chance he gets, the company that gave him his start to begin with, to me is a little bit hypocritical. Like I said, I'm not a big Cody Rhodes fan. But I respect the guy for his legacy, everything he's done for pro wrestling. I respect him, but I'm not a fan of him. Because if you notice the thing about Cody, he's always in the big matches. He's always the face of the company. He's front and center out of everybody else. He's had a match with Shaq. 
He was in the ring with Sting. He's had a big match with Chris Jericho. He's held he was he's held the TNT Championship. Uh, I believe not once but twice. It seems Cody is just out for himself, in my opinion. And if you've watched AEW, you could probably see this as well. Cody is always in the big main events, the big matches, whatever. I mean, hey, when you're the vice president of the company, you probably, I mean, I would be too, right? But like I said, I respect Cody. I don't have to like him, but I respect him for what his family has done for this business. I respect him for everything he's done in the company. But I just don't like him. I'm not a fan of him. You know, he he had a, he had a he didn't have a, a great run in WWE, but he was given a chance. I think he should be a little more appreciative for ha- having given that chance. Things happen. I get it. But just because you're having more success in AEW does not mean you should bash the other company. But that's just my take on it. But I'm not going to spend too much time on that because we have so much more to talk about. I want to talk about the recent storyline with Randy Orton, Alexa Bliss, and The Fiend, Bray Wyatt. This is a great storyline. Now, even though The Fiend is not involved in this storyline, he's still very a part of it. Because Bliss has been telling the story in The Fiend's absence. And it has been a story that has been very intriguing. Now I know most of you, much like myself, are eager for the fiend Bray Wyatt to return. But Miss Bliss, she's been killing it with this storyline. And I can't give her enough credit. Randy Orton has played a great role in telling the story as well. But what I've learned from this storyline is that Randy Orton is the victim. And and Miss Bliss, she is playing the mind games with Randy. Now, I have a few theories on what could happen. Vaseline is approaching. Bray Wyatt could return at WrestleMania, which I believe he will. He could return at Fastlane, which to me is unlikely. Now, I don't know what they have planned for Fastlane, but I do know we are getting closer for The Fiend returning soon to a WWE ring. Now, if you notice, Alexa Bliss has been carrying this jack-in-the-box, whatever you call it, pentagram, 
something. I don't, I don't know what it's called anyway, but she's been twisting it and turning it and turning it and turning it. What's going to happen when that thing finally opens up? Are we going to see the Athena returning? Is he going to come out of the ring? What What's going to happen? And how would this feud end with Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton? And how will Miss Bliss be involved? I have two theories. My first theory that Bray Wyatt will return on Raw and confront Randy Orton leading to a match at Wrestlemania and Bray Wyatt returning at Raw will give it more of a build to Wrestlemania to keep things interesting That could happen. But like I said, with Fastlane in the middle approaching in two weeks, I don't see that happening. I don't see him returning on Raw. I see them holding off to WrestleMania. Which now comes theory two. I see WWE holding off The Fiend's return until WrestleMania. and challenging Randy Orton to a Firefly Funhouse match, much like we saw with John Cena last year when Bray Wyatt had faced John Cena in a Firefly Funhouse match. Now, if you remember this match, then you will know that this match was very twisted. It was out of the box. But in this match, John Cena had faced everything he had done in his career. Now listen to what I said. John Cena has faced everything he has done in his career. Now if you rewind last week to the segment that that Randy Orton had had, when they had this some sort of evil possessed Randy Orton come to the screen in a demonic voice it had said that Randy Orton will soon face everything he has done in his career now in the Firefly Funhouse match we saw with John Cena and Bray Wyatt we had saw the fiend we had saw we had we've seen the Eater of Worlds Bray Wyatt. We've seen Funhouse Bray Wyatt. Three different versions of Bray Wyatt. And so many bizarre segments. But each of these segments played some sort of role. In the beginning of the match we saw John Cena come out to his old attire from when he had a debut match against Kurt Angle. 
he had confronted Bray Wyatt in the ring. Some sort of like a parody of what they did in their first match. The, the match that Bray Wyatt and John Cena had was much of a parody that John Cena had with Kurt Angle, basically mimicking it. Now, this match, like I said, it was bizarre, but it was very entertaining. Bray Wyatt was playing the mind games. He had the upper hand. And John Cena couldn't figure this man out. Bray Wyatt had gained the upper hand over John Cena and got his revenge. Now, if you remember a few years prior to this match, John Cena and Bray Wyatt had faced each other. You know, people have said for so many years that John Cena had buried Bray Wyatt, which to me I'd say is true. Bray Wyatt was due for a big push. John Cena kind of stopped that. If Bray Wyatt would have went over John Cena, I feel like Bray Wyatt would be at least a five-time WWE champion. But because John Cena had to be John Cena, Super Cena, he decided to do things his way and bury Bray Wyatt. Now, I say John Cena's way because... There was a time where the Nexus could have went over John Cena and John Cena threw a fit and went over the Nexus. So that's why I say it's John Cena's way. I feel like he has more control backstage than most people. But that's my opinion. I respect the guy now, but that was always my belief. But in this Firefly Funhouse match, Bray Wyatt had gained the upper hand and he was messing with John Cena's mind. John Cena, in the in the segment with 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 his debut attire on, he was swinging shots at Bray. You know, missing. Like I said, he couldn't figure the man out. It was almost like watching Nightmare on Elm Street. How Freddy Krueger would come into your dreams and basically take you on this wild adventure. That's what it reminded me of. Something out of like Nightmare on Elm Street with Freddy Krueger playing the mind games. So after that, they had this bizarre WCW segment with John Cena lifting weights and Bray Wyatt cutting a promo. And then they were back in the ring. John Cena was rapping, and he was in his old Dr. Thugonomics attire. And Bray Wyatt cut another promo about how John Cena's been given so many chances again, which is true. But like I said, in this match, Bray Wyatt always had the upper hand. Bray Wyatt. This was Bray Wyatt's match. It's the Firefly Funhouse match. So, if the rumors are to be true, 
what kind of match are we going to see at WrestleMania? I believe in the next few weeks they will be teasing a Firefly Funhouse match. I see it more happening after Fastlane that they will kind of tease it and build up to it. Because it is too soon for them to build up to it, being that Fastlane is coming up in a few weeks. But like I said, what kind of match are we going to see? And if so, if it is a Firefly Funhouse match that we do see with Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton, what kind of mind games will Bray Wyatt play with Randy Orton? And does does this really tie into the theory that the Fiend really isn't human? Maybe the Firefly Funhouse match is all in your head. Maybe it's all in our heads. Maybe it's this whole other dimension. I know that sounds crazy, but but what is the Fiend? In order to figure out the Fiend, you have to figure out Bray Wyatt. I've been trying to figure out The Fiend and Bray Wyatt's character for a long time. But the question that I have is, where is the funhouse? Who are the puppets? Is this all in Bray Wyatt's mind? What is going on? But I love this storyline thus far because Randy Orton and Bliss, they know how to tell a story. And they kept us, kept us intrigued. But what will we be seeing at WrestleMania? And what kind of mind games will Bray Wyatt or The Fiend play on Randy Orton? But like I said, I do believe that we will be seeing a Firefly Funhouse match soon. Now, like I said, I don't want to see this every year. I don't want to see this happen every year. I want to keep this fresh and keep it entertaining. If they do it every year, it's going to lose it's going to lose its spark. But if you've watched the Firefly Funhouse match with John Cena and Bray Wyatt and all the mind games he played with John Cena, just imagine what he could do with Randy Orton. Now notice, I said in the beginning, Randy Orton will be facing everything he's done in his career. And with everything Randy Orton done in his career, this could really tell a story. We would be seeing Bray Wyatt face Randy Orton. We would be seeing The Fiend. What version of Bray Wyatt will we see? In this match, leading, what, 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 what version of Bray Wyatt will we see at WrestleMania? Is what I, what I was trying to say. That's what makes me wonder the most. I think most of it kind of depends on when the Fiend returns. Like I said, it could happen at Raw, but I, I just I see it happen at, at WrestleMania. Because I don't think they want to 
have Bray Wyatt return too soon. As eager as I am for him to return, trust me, I am, but I'd rather they hold off and make it worth the wait. Which means they would really have to pull out all stops when it comes to the WrestleMania match, assuming that it is a Firefly Funhouse match. Now, when Bray Wyatt wrestled John Cena, he won. He got his revenge. He had beaten John Cena for what happened years ago. But now the Fiend is out for revenge for what happened to him at TLC. But who will be involved? Like I said, will it be Bray Wyatt? Will it be the Fiend? And how will Miss Bliss play a factor in this storyline? Assuming she will because she's been a part of this storyline since the Fiend had been burned at TLC. So she will definitely play a role in this storyline. What would be interesting for WrestleMania and a Firefly Funhouse match at Randy Orton, if they have it, what would be interesting would be to see the Legends be a part of that match. And why I say that is because Randy Orton is known as the Legend Killer. So it would be kind of cool to see some of the legends that Randy Orton faced in his past to kind of come back and haunt him. Maybe get some of the evolution guys that he was a part of come back and go after him. But when that demonic Randy Orton had said you were going to face everything that you have done in your career really tells me that this is going to play a story. This is going to tell a story and this it's going to be interesting. Everything that Randy Orton has done, every legend he's injured from everything he has done as a heel, this is really going to play, tell a story. And who better to tell a story than Bray Wyatt? Now, as for Bray Wyatt, he can always go back to his old gimmick in this match. In this Firefly Funhouse match. Maybe this could be a way for them to bring in Sister Abigail. Because if you remember, when Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton had feuded in the past, and Randy Orton was a member of the Wyatt family, he had burned down the Wyatt compound. So what if they bring that in a Firefly Funhouse match? What if that all plays a factor in this match? What if the puppets come to life? The puppets could also play a part in this match as well. I've seen some photos of Mercy the Buzzard, Huskus the Pig Boy, Abby the Witch, and Ramblin' Rabbit on social media, they are teasing something. And it would be cool to see the puppets get involved somehow. 
I imagine this match itself will be wacky. It will be cinematic. It will be something. Because given the history that they have, being that the TLC match was a fire, was a Firefly Inferno match, I don't see this match being a regular match. I see it being a cinematic match. And from what they're saying, it does sound like it's going to be a Firefly Funhouse match. Like I said, this isn't just Bray Wyatt out for revenge. This is The Fiend out for revenge. Bray Wyatt. And if I'm WWE, I'm holding off on Bray's return to WrestleMania. Because let's be honest, Fastlane, it's more of a filler pay-per-view until the big pay-per-view. To, to the big show. WrestleMania. I mean, yes, having him return at Fastlane would be a big thing. But if you want something to be exciting, if you want something to be worth the wait, I would hold off on it. This isn't the first time that Bray Wyatt hasn't been on TV in months. If you remember, back before he debuted the Funhouse Fiend gimmick, he was off of TV for nine months before that. Him and Matt Hardy were tag team champions. And then Bray Wyatt was taken off of TV for nine months. And he came back with the Funhouse Fiend gimmick. So this isn't the first time Bray Wyatt has disappeared from TV. I also think this benefits Bray Wyatt a little more because Bray Wyatt is the most creative thing that WWE has today. So I think a little time off will do him well. He may be refreshed when he comes back. He may be jacked when he comes back. He may, he, 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 I'm assuming he will be in good shape. But one thing I know for sure is this will be a cinematic match. And I'm assuming it will be a Firefly Funhouse match. Wouldn't hurt to see it a second time. Now it did get mixed reviews with John Cena. But it was interesting. It was something to remember. So for WWE to play it back and possibly outdo themselves would not hurt. And I think it's even better because, like I said, Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton do have a large history. And John Cena and Bray Wyatt, they did have a history, but it's not as big as what Randy Orton and Bray Wyatt have. And with the adding Alexa Bliss in the storyline, it, it adds some fuel to the fire. No pun intended. <laughs> um, I just caught myself and I, I didn't know as I said that. But um, this adds some fuel to the fire. And Bray Wyatt does have the upper hand once again. Now, there is that possibility. Theory 1, that he could return on Raw. As a surprise. That could much, very well happen. 
but I just I don't I don't see that happening. Maybe after Fastlane he could return on Raw. But I kind of see this being booked like The Undertaker. You know, when Undertaker was buried alive by Kane and then came back at WrestleMania. If you think about it, it's sort of like the same booking. You know, Undertaker was buried alive by Kane. He disappeared for months. He played mind games with Kane, several mind games, and then came back at WrestleMania with some new clothes, a new gimmick, much like his, you know, his older gimmick, but uh, it was a little altered in a way, you know, with Paul Bear. But it was worth the wait because, you know, people couldn't wait to see Undertaker. It was so long since we'd seen the Undertaker. And it was worth the wait. And if you think about it, the booking between Randy Orton and Bray Wyatt is much the same. Bray Wyatt has been off TV. Bray Wyatt was burned alive. He's been off TV. It's been three months since we've seen him. It's close to WrestleMania. They have something planned. So it is definitely worth the wait. As much as I want Bray Wyatt to return... I want this to be special. I'm just hoping they don't alter the Fiend's mask too much because I like the Fiend mask the way it is. I do hope they bring back Abby the Witch, Mercy, Rainbow and Rabbit, Huskus, as they played a big part in Bray Wyatt's character, his gimmick. It adds a little bit of fun to his gimmick. As much as much as people like to trash Bray Wyatt, this is the most entertaining gimmick you see nowadays because you never know what's going to happen. A gimmick like his, a character like his, it keeps you guessing. It keeps you guessing on what's going to happen next. And something like a Firefly Funhouse match, as silly as it was, it could be something that they continue doing, you know, for the next few years. Like I said, I hope it doesn't happen every year, but there's always that possibility that it could be something we see, you know, every few years or so. Again, this is much like The Undertaker, how The Undertaker, you know, was the master of Hell in a Cell matches because of his history. This could be something for Bray Wyatt to have the Firefly Funhouse match. I know this has gotten mixed reviews, but this is a way for WWE to do better and outdo themselves. I honestly just don't see any other match they could do that would really tell a story. I honestly don't want to see another Inferno match because that's already been done. I wouldn't want to see Randy be burned alive because how would they bring him back? 
could be a Hell in a Cell match, but that's, you know, we've seen Hell in a Cell matches plenty of times. I don't know. I don't know what we'll be seeing, but if I'm predicting, it, it will be a Firefly Funhouse match. And I think this time around, WWE will do themselves and it will be one to remember. Because I think last year, the cinematic matches that they had, I think stole the show. They had the Boneyard match with AJ Styles and Undertaker, and then they had the Firefly Funhouse match with John Cena and Bray Wyatt, and that stole the show because they, those two things were something to remember, something you get and forget. Out of the entire show, those two matches were something you talked about. And not even so much the main event. I mean, yeah, Drew McIntyre and Brock Lesnar, they, you know, they had a match, but to me it was a five-minute match. It should have went longer. That's my opinion, but the, the matches that stood out for me the most were those cinematic matches. And with there being no fans in the audience, it's kind of hard for them to put on these kind of matches having no audience. Because a stage like WrestleMania, you want to have fans. With millions and millions of people sitting at home, you want to keep them invested in the matches. You want to keep them intrigued. And what better way to do that is a cinematic match at WrestleMania. As hard as that is, I know that I would rather have fans in the arena and have matches and like a normal WrestleMania. But with the virus going around, that's just not how things can go in WWE. It's a different time now. But pro wrestling has given back. They have given us something to look forward to. WWE has given us the Thunderdome, which I believe is a big advantage, and it's been a big hit since WWE has debuted it. They still keep the fans involved. They keep them involved through the Thunderdome and social media, which is always active. WWE keeps the fans involved in what they're doing, and that's the good thing that I could say about WWE. I know I criticize the pro wrestling product a lot, but that's one good thing I could say about WWE is that they, they, they haven't given up on the fans with this virus going around. With the storylines they're doing now with Bray Wyatt and Randy Orton and, you know, Bliss, they're really telling a story. We also have Bobby Lashley as, as real champion now. You know, he faced the Miz, he dominated the Miz. They're, they they booked that match properly. Last week they booked it properly. This week they booked it great with Bobby Lashley being dominant over the Miz. And I'd say the booking this week was, you know, better. Now, the Sheamus and Drew McIntyre booking itself was not great. The match was a, was good up until the ending, which I thought was a little silly, but this is a way for them to further their feud, leading into Fastlane, which hopefully will be a better match. Because I think Drew McIntyre and Sheamus work well together. 
I've always thought Seamus was a good wrestler. I've always thought he should have been given a little more credit than what he was due. He he knows how to put on a performance. He puts on a good show. And I think he works well with McIntyre. I do. So hopefully that match is better. Assuming they redo it at Fastlane. I really don't want to see another no disqualification match. I thought that was a little bit too much. Even though the match was good, the ending just kind of ruined it for everybody. But thus far, the booking has been decent with last week and this week. Um, assuming Drew McIntyre you know, goes past Fastlane and he faces Lashley at WrestleMania. I'm assuming Lashley will go over, hopefully. I don't see any reason for Drew McIntyre to go over Lashley, especially when Lashley has had the title just now. He, he's the new WWE Champion for the first time. So I don't see Drew McIntyre going over at WrestleMania. I see Bobby Lashley going over, and I see Bobby Lashley having a solid title reign because that's what they need. They need a solid champion. I think the problem with WWE right now is that they're they're switching champions too much. They take it away from McIntyre, give it to Orton. Take it away from Orton, give it back to McIntyre, put him on the Miz, you know. It's getting ridiculous. They don't have a long-term champion. That's what they need. Somebody to be dominant, somebody to hold that championship for a good while. And they just don't have that. And hopefully, you know, Bobby Lashley has a decent reign. They need a solid champion. They had Brock Lesnar, who was very solid and had a good run with the title. Whether people liked it or not, he was a solid champion. He was there for a long time. He was real champion for a long time, rather. Even though he wasn't on every show every Monday, he was a dominant champion. He, he was booked properly, as he, as he should. And that's what they need to do for Bobby Lashley, you know, in place of Brock Lesnar. And maybe we'll get a Brock Lesnar and Lashley match going down the road. Hopefully. It all depends on the booking. But I'm, I'm hoping for Bobby Lashley that they do give him a, a decent title reign that he deserves. That he's worked hard for in 16 years to get. He, he definitely deserves it. He's in great shape. He's he's a good heel. I'm assuming he's a baby face. Well, no, I'm assuming. I don't know what he is now. It looked like he was he was being the baby face against the Miz. Um, they could always turn McIntyre heel. And make Bobby Lashley the baby face going into WrestleMania. Because honestly, I don't, I don't think there's any reason for McIntyre to be a babyface right now. Because he's not the real champion. I do think McIntyre is a better heel than a babyface. I, I, I feel like it fits him better. Bobby Lashley, you know, he can play both roles. He can play the babyface or the heel. But to give this match some type of build and type of, some type of story, you have to have your baby faces and heels. But there's so much that could happen, so much to talk about. 
but hopefully Bobby has a decent reign going into this for WrestleMania. I want to thank you all for listening. This is the show. Tune in every Wednesday for another episode of my podcast. Thank, thank you all for your support. Thank you all for listening. God bless and have a nice night. Goodbye.